Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey friend, it's Nicole, host of the Nicole Walters podcast. Here's where we laugh, we cry, and we grant ourselves grace as we do life together. Let's get started. Hey friends, so if you've been keeping along with what's going on on social, if you aren't, I'm over at Nicole Walters on Instagram and also on Facebook and TikTok and all those little Jimmy Jams, but you know it's back to school season. You know that the Puffin, my little one, is 11 years old and officially in sixth grade. She's a middle schooler and this is such a formative and important season if you are a mom or an auntie or a sister or heck, if you remember for yourself, 11 to 15 is a wild season of life. <laughs> so, you know, a lot's happening around here. And I know a lot's happening in your homes with back to school and just transitioning into fall. So sending all the energy and vibes for that. But the thing I want to talk about is actually something that happened. And I don't want to say that this chat is awkward for me, but I get a little fired up about it because it's so personal. And if you are an adoptee or adoptive mother, or if you're someone who's ever been responsible for taking care of someone else's kids, I think you're going to feel the heat and the, the, the charge of what I'm going to tell you. It's actually the most offensive thing that I think someone can really say, or at least up there with the most offensive things that people could ever say to an adoptive parent or a legal guardian or someone who's in care of another child. And it happens often and it's, I mean, I've had the girls, if you're just keeping up, you can go back to episode one of season one to hear our story, our adoption story of how I got three girls, you know, gosh, at this point, almost a decade ago at ages three, 11 and 14. And now they're 11, 21 and 24. And if you, you know, don't listen to the potty, I do have a book that is coming up on October 10th, but it's available for pre-sale now everywhere. You can go to nothingismissingbook.com. Uh, it was just named as Glamour Magazine's one of the top five memoirs in 2023. And it was also named as one of the top seven books by Black authors in 2023 by Inc. Magazine. So I'm really grateful, really excited about that. And, you know, we're gearing up to publication date, which is October 10th, but you can grab it now. Uh, but the story of my girls and adoption and family and building a business and, you know, beating stage four cancer, all those things are in the book. So you can catch up there. But over 10 years, one of the things that's come up often 
when people hear about your adoption story if, and trust, if you have fostered anything, you already know what I'm going to say. But people often have an inclination to question your uh, the best way to say it, I'm just be transparent, y'all. I'm getting I'm getting to that age where you don't want to filter as much anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where you just want to say it. And uh, this isn't a headphone warning for the kids, but I am going to be forthright. Where people will ask you you know, or make comments around whether or not you can love your kids as much as a biological parent. And I know some of you are like, what? Like people do not say that. But I will tell you, it comes up a lot, a lot. It is always a subtext or a conversation where people always kind of wonder if it's possible to feel the same way, have the same connection, love them as much. You know, there's always this sort of and, and it's the way that it's said and the way that it comes up that I think a lot of you may not realize, you know, or heck may have even done yourself. I'm sure with the best intentions, because most people don't mean to sound inappropriate when they say it, but it comes up and it's usually comparative as if, you know, life is, you know, the love of a child is to be compared with biological, which is considered the highest of form of love all the way down to, you know, adoptive love, which is, you know, still really, really great, but not the same. Right. Well, what happened this past week um, really called to attention how both painful and uh, difficult it is to see and hear this happen. Uh, and it happened because it wasn't to me, it was to Alex. And, um, you know, obviously to protect his privacy and, you know, the privacy of the people involved, I'm not going to name names, you know, but I will, you know, tell you about the situation. So essentially Alex was, you know, hanging out with some people and uh, the conversation came up about Puffin going back to school. And Alex was hanging out with a bunch of people. And the conversation came up about the Puffin, Allie, my little one, getting back to school. And he made a comment about how it's been so amazing to watch her grow up and, you know, that he never thought he'd be parenting, you know, this way so soon. And, you know, how it's just taken him by storm. But he's so excited. He's so proud of how much she's matured over the year and how he's feeling a little emotional, you know, watching her go into middle school and seeing her jump into this new chapter and how meaningful that is to him. I mean, just really sweet stuff. And these are the things he says all the time. Like, this is just when I tell you this guy was built to be a papa, right? Like that is just his hardwiring and he's a good, good man that way. And um, one of the responses, you know, to the statement was, dude, you act like you raised her or something. And it's interesting because just, you know, to make completely and abundantly clear, he is raising her. <laughs> you know, this isn't a situation where it's a measurement of when he came into the raising process. He is actively raising this child every day. He performs all responsibilities related to uh, fathering and being present for this child. And he does them exceptionally uh, in a way that is only indicative of why I'd want to have more children with this man, because uh, we are all so blessed to have him in the role of a father in our household. But aside from that, it just kind of called into question. It was something that we were talking about, which you know I'm going to throw out to y'all and you can send me DMs about it or, you know, you can, you know, we can have conversation about it on social. But when is the right time to say that you love a child enough as if they're your own? You know, because it comes up so often where people will say to me, well, you know, it's not like you carried them or gosh, it's so great. This is often what's said. It's so great that you were really able to open up your heart, you know, to these older children. 
or gosh, do you think that there'll be any issue when you have your own kids? You know, uh, just kind of, you know, will the girls be okay with siblings since, you know, these will be your biological children? And it is so interesting. I'll tell you the standpoints, you know, if you've ever said something like this, really just being curious or whatever, you know, um, or if you've heard this as an adoptive parent, the number one thing that adoptive parents always worry about is one, I would say by and large, being rejected by our children because we're not their biologicals. <laughs> like it is always on our heart. It is always something because we love them so dang much that we always worry that we're going to come up short. The same way that biological parents worry that like we're not enough or that we aren't providing enough or that we're going to mess something up because we love our kids. We worry, you know, adoptive parents worry about all of that. And then we also worry that someday in some moment, they'll turn to us and say, you're not my real dad. You're not my real mom. And those words cut at your soul. And the reason why they cut at your soul is because, again, as someone who has not carried biologically, if that is, you've heard me say this before, if that is like 100% the deepest love, because I don't want to take away from whatever it is to be a blood tie. And I only say that because I have not carried. I It could be the same because I intend to carry someday. And I'll speak to you about that once I know, you know, but if that is 100%, I love my babies 99.9999, right? Like I'll give the smallest of inch for that. And so when I tell you that if my kid said that to me, it would, I would be devastated, you know, and I've been really blessed. That is, has never come out of their mouths, you know, but I will tell you, it's like the greatest fear is that, you know, you're going to love them this hard and they're going to feel like you're still inadequate or not enough or that they are still lacking in some way, shape or form based on your presence and who you are. And you already carry that fear all the time, wondering at any moment that could happen. I mean, literally for the entire the entirety of your parenting of your children at any moment on any day, they could turn around and say that and you just carry that. Friends, you know that I am always on the go. And with the speaking engagements and the book tour, gosh, I'm going to be in and out of hotels. And it matters so much to me that I am moving my body, eating well, and sleeping well. And with over 200 destinations around the world, Westin Hotels makes it possible for me to keep up my wellness routine while I'm traveling. So here's how I do it. I know that this sounds like a leap, but gosh, Westin has it figured out. So with Westin, I can work out the way that I want with a variety of fitness options to keep me going. So they've got top tier state of the art equipment in their Weston workout fitness studios. And they also have different groups that are run by the Weston's Run Concierge. It's a running guide who can help you explore local areas by going on a quick jog. But if you're like me, you want to do your own thing in your guest room. So they've got workout and recovery gear available on demand through Weston's gear lending program. Now, in between all of that, I got to admit, I'm eating a lot of room service, but that's OK at Weston because they have an eat well menu. It's designed with foods that make sure that you meet your nutritional needs. And my favorite part of it is I can choose what's right for me based on a desired portion size and nutritional balance. That is such a big deal when you're on the road and you can't get a home cooked meal. But they've got top chefs that are crafting dishes with my well-being in mind. And lastly, when it's time for me to rest my head on that pillow, I know I'm going to sleep well. I can recharge my body and mind with restorative sleep in Weston's renowned heavenly bed. That thing is like a cloud. I got to tell you that at Weston Hotels, 
There are amenities and offerings that are aimed to help you move well, eat well, and sleep well, so you can keep your well-being close while away. I want you to find wellness on your next stay at Weston. Weston Hotels and Resorts is a part of Marriott Bonvoy, an extraordinary portfolio of hotel brands and an award-winning travel program. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. To have someone articulate externally the very hurt and fear that you have as a parent is so painful. And then aside from that, I think a lot of people take for granted what it takes to be an adoptive parent. And again, I don't say any of this comparatively to being a biological parent. I think that that is one of the other big misconceptions is that people believe that it's comparative, like one is better than the other, one is realer than the other, or one is heavier than the other. Look, it takes a strong human to rear and raise and accept responsibility financially, emotionally, all of the above for a child. There is a reason why, you know, through divorce, through breakups, through, you know, moving through whatever, that a lot of adults, their inclination is to abandon or neglect their children because it's hard work. It is not immediately rewarding, you know, on many days. It is something that is challenging. If you can't grow yourself, right, because being a parent is constantly evolving and growing yourself to meet the needs of another. It is it is the ultimate sign of being able to give. And I got to tell you one thing that I've learned, you know, in my ripe old age <laughs> is that someone who can parent their pants off is usually a hell of a friend and a hell of a spouse. You know, Alex has always told me that when he was looking for a partner, one of the major considerations is, could I see this person being a mother? Because he always knew he wanted kids um, and he has a great parental relationship with his own you know, family. So he's like, if I can't see her being a mom, I know she can't be my spouse. And he always says it was a blessing because he got to see me being a mom in advance. You know, so he's like, it's like, I already know what I'm getting and I love it, you know. But I say all this to let you know that, you know, when people talk about it as an adoptive parent, it takes so much, especially when you're adopting older children, because they're coming with like pre-made stuff. You know, they're arriving at your house um, sometimes with a history that they don't even know to communicate. I can't tell you how many times in their early rearing when they were younger, they would tell me things that I would have to control my face to not show how I felt because they weren't even aware because of their limited worldview and their limited experiences how not okay some of the things they'd experienced were. 
you know, and I just would have to, you know, oh, tell me more about that. Well, how did that make you feel when inside I wanted to like set everything on fire, you know, or I wanted to say that was never okay. I mean, and there are times where I did have to say that, but, you know, that was never okay or that isn't a thing. I mean, you are trying to meet all of their needs as an adoptive parent in the regular sense, which is, you know, food, clothing, water, shelter, entertainment, nurturing, societal, you know, skill set, soft skills, hard skills, like sports, entertainment, like, you know, values, like you're trying to do all of the things that you have to do as a parent every day, which can break you, right? You know, is so, so hard to do, you know, as a parent or biological. But on top of that, you know, usually if they've come into your stead, come into your care, it's because there is trauma that may have occurred. Or even if there isn't trauma, there's a shift that, you know, you're always trying to accommodate or make up for. And so, you know, to say that that desire, that energy, that acceptance of responsibility is birthed out of anything other than the purest love is difficult and baffling, right? It's especially if if you know the person actively chose it or sought it out. Um, And that love, when I tell you, is it supersedes all. It is unconditional because that child is wanted in in the worst of ways, right? In the best of ways. You know, so there's that end of it, right? But when you talk about people who come into adoptive situations uh, like step parents or bonus parents or, you know, someone who serves as a legal guardian or a supportive communal village style parent. So I'm talking about the aunties who have chosen to remain child free and are regularly involved in lives. We have someone in our life who we just love, um, you know, uh, my kid's uncle Olando, and he is uh, one of the most incredible kind, generous, strong, valued and protective men, you know, in my kid's life and in my life. I mean, this man truly, he cares for me. He is like, you know, I I didn't even know I'd get a brother in my life. He is such a good man. And what's incredible is, you know, gosh, I want to surround my kids with strong male perspectives and, you know, figures because I want them to grow up choosing you know, the right type of men because they've only ever been treated with that type of respect. And so, you know, my girl's uncle Alondo is a great example of, you know, someone who is in their life and fathering them, you know, with every ounce of their being, this man will show up at a science fair. If I'm running late on the highway and I call him and I say, Alondo, I am not going to make it, you know, for her presentation. I think it's, I'm going to be late. You know, he will show up with a bouquet of flowers to make sure she has a person. Oh, I'm trying not to get teary. You know, my girls are so blessed, right? They're so blessed and so surrounded by love. And I would never question how long he has to be in her life in order for that love to be legitimate. And People don't realize that when you say things like, well, you never raised them from the beginning, you're questioning the legitimacy of the love. And one, why? Why does that even matter? Why does that legitimacy even matter? It's love. Like, let them have it. And then the other question, and this is, you know, for those of you who've heard this or may have said it, you know, the question that I always pose in response, because this happens often enough, you know, like we're For instance, on Alex for Father's Day, you know, people were like, wow, I didn't even realize you were really a father, you know, to say happy Father's Day to you, you know, because he didn't go through the pregnancy and the delivery and he is newer to the father role, you know, but oh, he does all the things that a father does, you know, and he shows up and he has experientially, you know, in private ways that we won't share, but he has been exposed to and subject to things that he has had to help, you know, Allie, our little one, heal from and support her in in ways that, you know, most 
fathers never do. And he's excelled. And so when people say these sorts of things, you know, it's really painful because he's over here like, you know, how long do I have to raise her before I'm allowed to love her? You know, when we have our, our first biological child, you know, and add, you know, to our family at that point, is Ali considered to be his, you know, or, or is he considered to be one of the people who's allowed to love her well in the capacity and form as a father? I mean, when I ask those questions and you hear them, doesn't it instantly make you say like, you know, what is it? Three years? Is it a year? Is it five years? And also, why does it matter if someone's doing a great job and they're showing up and they care? Why does it matter? Y'all, running a business now has been insane. I mean, between the economy, managing the kids and taking care of my own health, I need everything to be efficient. I mean, my business was humming, but I feel like I'm falling behind sometimes. I mean, my teams are buried in manual work. Sometimes it takes me forever to just get my books closed. And all that matters is that we have one source of truth. That means a single document where it's easy to keep track of everything. And if this is you, if you understand what I'm talking about, then you need to know these three numbers. Write them down. So important. 36,025 I know that sounds random, but they matter. And here's what these numbers mean. 36,000, that is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system. Here's what it does. And I mean, this is a big deal. It streamlines your accounting, your financial management, your inventory, and your HR. It, it does even more than that. But understand that those are the critical things and they can change your life having them housed in one place. Now, 25, that's the next number. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, closing their books in days, not weeks, and driving down their cost. And then this last number, one. One because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs. That stands for key performance indicators, the things we're measuring, all in one efficient system with one source of truth. You can manage your risk. You can get reliable forecast and improve your margins. That means you know what's coming and you're going to get paid right. Everything you need all in one place. So right now, Download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist. It's designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash Nicole. That's netsuite.com slash Nicole to get your own KPI checklist. Y'all, you need this. So go to netsuite.com slash Nicole. Y'all, I am running back and forth trying to keep up with these kids. Okay, back to school is driving me crazy. Sometimes I feel like a professional driver <laughs> and I want to look good because in between all of that, I got to work, but it is hot outside. I am sweaty and nothing is worse than in the middle of momming, having my makeup melt off my face. So I've been using something that is going to be transformative. You've seen my makeup, y'all. Girls got it together, <laughs> but it's not me. It's Hydro Grip 
primer. And I'm telling you, my makeup does not budge with this stuff. Milk Makeup's Hydro Grip Primer grips makeup for up to 12 hours. It prevents makeup meltdown. And catch this, your girl doesn't look ashy and weirdly matte. Okay, it leaves my skin with a dewy, glowy finish. So I get the combo. My makeup looks right, but I also look natural. And when it comes to ingredients, because I don't want to sweat and absorb all the ick, Milk Makeup's Hydro Grip Primer is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free. That's 94% natural. No parabens, no silicone, no oils, no fragrance, and completely gluten-free. They have over 4,700 five-star reviews. When I tell you this has been a game changer, I can put on my makeup and know that by the end of the day, I'm still going to look great. All you have to do is head over to your local Sephora or grab yours at milkmakeup.com. It's at your local Sephora, and you can also grab yours at Milk Makeup. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Dot com. If Allie ends up, you know, at the end of, you know, her life having 13 dads, you know, not just for me, you know, God willing, right? You know, like God willing, not me, but, you know, collecting male roles that serve as a father style experience and support system, uncles and dads and all of that in her life. Great. You know, love should be multiplied, you know, and it's just such a beautiful thing. And I uh, spent some time with Alex. You know, we went out for uh, we do a dog walk in the morning. We if you keep up on social, you know, we just got a dog and together as our family, we're very much dog people. And his name's Sir Barrington McCoy. And Barry, as we call him, is uh, three. And we got him from a local shelter. And, you know, he's living there for two months and sweetest, best dog in the entire world. And we're working on walking on leash. You know, uh, he's great on leash, but he pulls a little. So we walk together and it's kind of one of our family things. In the morning, we'll go for a walk. In the evening, go for a walk. And we just kind of get outside. One of the beauties of California, you pay high taxes for the sunshine. (laughs) So we're on this walk and we decided to go get coffee and bagels. And I could just see that Alex was really affected by this because he's like, I know how I feel. You know, if I'm able to know that I want to marry someone and commit to them, you know, within the first two months of meeting them and, you know, make that commitment within a year, you know, and know that this is who I'm going to be with to the point where I'm going to make more humans with them, then how long does it have to be for me to want that same relationship with, you know, my future children as their stepfather? So how can we in society look at people who have been together for six months or heck, people who are in arranged marriage and never even met? You know, if you look in Jewish Orthodox marriages, uh, they have this time at the end of uh, the wedding called the Yichud, which I think that's the r- the right word for it. And in the Yichud, it happens after the ceremony. And it's actually the first time that the bride and um, groom are alone together. You know, and if you look at, you know, some East Asian relationships, you know, their arranged marriage is prevalent. Same thing in, you know, Africa and Western Africa Central, you know, where the introductions are done through family 
you know, and you may not have the relationship at all. But, you know, these marriages will last 40, 50 years. And, you know, a lot of them will be just deeply in love. And it's just very interesting because in those contexts, it's considered. This is so beautiful. They just knew, you know, but but then we'll question it in the form of adoption or a child. And maybe it's because a child, you know, doesn't have the freedom to opt into the relationship as much. But at least in our home, yes, they do. I tell my kids every day, thank you for choosing me because we chose each other as family. All three of my kids, my 24-year-old, my 21-year-old, my 11-year-old, I say thank you every day that you choose me to be your mom because it's my greatest privilege. Like, I'm so grateful. You know, like, it makes me better. Um, they're amazing and I love loving them. Like, it, it's such a purpose in my life and it's such a beautiful blessing. Like, the idea that I could be a mom of, you know, six, you know, kids is like, I don't know if that would have happened without my babies and I'm just so grateful, you know? And so assuming I crank out a lot more, we'll see what happens. But, you know, that being said, it's just I really want to encourage anyone who has ever wondered that or thought that even from the best place in their heart, you know, of just curiosity to really just not say it. (laughs) I don't know what else to say it to you. You know, just it's not something to say because it's already tap dancing on a sore place, you know, and then also you don't need to wonder because they do, you know, they do love their kids and they do love them as much and they don't, they don't worry about if they'll love their bios more than they'll love their, you know, chosen. And I also want to encourage you if you're thinking of adoption or if you're thinking of fostering or if you're in this situation to know that that question is crazy and you don't have to worry about it because there is no magical number for when you're going to start, you know, loving your child. And, you know, for those of you who are wondering kind of what does this mean in the greater picture, sort of the 30,000 square foot view looking down, all of this boils down to, and this is what me and Alex came to after we were sitting down for our coffees for a while, people imposing their limitations on you. You know, they may be uncomfortable with, you know, their parenting. And so they feel like I have to uphold my parenting as a biological as above yours. You know, it just makes me feel better. Like no one can love their kids as much as I do, you know, or, you know, maybe they're confused or uncomfortable with the idea. You know, they maybe wanted to adopt and they can't because I hear this a lot. I can't believe you adopted older kids. And I'm like, kids are kids, you know, like everybody has their stuff. Um, you know, my middle daughter is 21 and she is by definition, you know, as people would say on paper, like just a really easy kid, you know, smart, obedient, kind, generous, you know, independent, like just a really excellent kid, you know, and the can of worms that we got with her was stage four cancer with six months to live, you know, (laughs) like, I mean, literally anything can happen, you know, so it's one of those things where, you know, kids are children. There's no such thing on this planet as a bad child. It like unless that kid is a diagnosed sociopath, you know, there is no such thing as a bad child. Uh, they're just, you know, dealing with what whatever was assigned to them. Kids are inherently born good and filled with worth. And so it's always interesting because people say to me like, oh, my gosh, older kids, how'd you do it? And so it's just one of those things where if you're feeling that this may be a, a journey you want to take, you know, I just want to encourage you to consider that it's OK and the love can be the same. You know, it's amazing how the heart swells. And then if you're a bio parent, and you're still saying to yourself while hearing this, gosh, I just I can't believe that I would that anyone could love their kids like if they didn't have that caring experience or the gestational process or you know, all of that because it's just so big. I'm not going to argue with you because I haven't done it, you know, so I'm not going to say that isn't true. 
But I, what I will tell you is, do you love some of your kids more than other ones? Maybe because the pregnancy was easier or harder? Do you look at your, you know, if you had to choose one, could you choose a child, you know? And and I will tell you that it's very similar, I think, in that feel, you know, where there may be kids that you get along with better, understand a little more or, you know, connect with more or what have you. But at the end of the day, you love your babies. And that's very much how adoptive parents feel as well. And we just have to be very careful with letting our own questions, insecurities and thoughts affect other people. So. With that being said, special shout out to my Mr. Fella who has stepped up and showed out, you know, and has stood in every single gap and you divorce, you know, partners and you don't divorce children. And it just takes a really strong, strong person to step in and show up in every way, you know, because she is, again, as I started this off with at that formative age where, you know, she's deciding what what a a true man is, you know, and I'm just grateful because I'm in a partnership with someone who does love her and carries and accepts her as a daughter unwaveringly and has done that from day one. And that doesn't surprise me because that is exactly what a parent does. And adoptive parents are real parents. Another great chat. I love spending time together. Now I need you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review because I love hearing from you. And then come hang out with me on Instagram at Nicole Walters. I'll be back here next week and I hope you are too. See you there, friend. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.